Welcome to Community Cocktails with Kimberly, hosted by Kimberly Woodard, a realtor for more than 18 years with Ebby Halliday Realtors. She has received numerous awards, including multi-million dollar producer, quarterly and annual company-wide honor roll recognition, VIP customer service award for highest client ratings, D Magazine's best realtor, five-star professional award, and several other recognitions for her success and service to clients. Join her each week as she meets with the top community influencers to help you get to know the area you want to call home. Don't just love your home, love your community. And now, here's your host, Kimberly Woodard. Good afternoon, viewers. I'm so excited about today's episode. We are going to learn so much. Everyone asks me when I'm at a cocktail party, what's going on in the real estate market? Well, I've got Kelly Milligan here with Chicago Title. He's the area counsel for the Dallas area. And he is going to give us some insights on what happened in 2019 and what the forecast is for 2020. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> Thank you. And you're in my new studio. <laughs> it's a great new And I like the, uh, the succulents. A very nice touch. Yes. You so, know, anything. Well and, done. Well yes. done. Yes. And then we have the behind us, we have the cars going and everything. We got traffic. What we got do we do? View. That's cool. All right. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Well, let's talk about, you know, in the market, um, and, you know, how the market shaped um, for 2019 and ended. Everyone's, you know, always, you know, asking those questions. <laughs> well, and it's the conversation that we have in the industry this time of year. Everybody yeah. goes into January. It's sort of a, you exhale, we're done with the previous calendar right. year. Now what? Right. Uh, and given the way this market has grown and developed over the last eight or nine years, the conversation gets a little weirder every year. Yep. You know, you remember what things were like 10 years ago. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, coming out of the, uh, the 09, 08 recession, yep. our housing market was slow. Property values were dropping. There wasn't a lot of traffic. Other than the first-time homebuyers, there wasn't really much of anything yeah. going on. The market really caught fire in 2012, and then we went through a period where for six years in a row, we had the best year in the history of the market. Right. The number of pre-owned homes that sold in the Metroplex went well over 100,000. Um, and so now that we're reaching these kinds of heights, we've reached the level that we were at before the recession. Right. We've totally obliterated where things were during the recession, mm -hmm. and now we're rocking along. And there's almost this holding of breath. Everybody knows at some point it's going to correct. This can't continue forever. But is this going to be the year? Right. So going into last year, you had a lot of analysts, people who pay attention to the housing market in Dallas, saying, well, gosh, it's been a good run, but we can't expect it to go on forever. And because in 2018, we actually saw the market drop off a little bit. We were down about a point from, from 2017, which has always been referred to as the best year in the history of our market. Last year, we were off a little bit. Yeah. We were off about uh, one percentage point in 2018. So when we went into 2019, you talk to any of the analysts. You talk to Dr. Gaines down at the Real Estate Center at A&M, the people with CoreLogic here locally. Nobody wanted to go too far out on a limb, but nobody was willing to write it off. So we kind of went into the year in wait-and-see mode. Yep. Then in January, we had like the worst month we've had in DFW real estate in nearly a decade. Sales on a year-over-year -year basis for, for January 2019, you were off like 12% in Dallas County. You were off about 11% in Collin. You are off about 13 in Denton. Yeah. And everybody was like, okay, God, the good times are over. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go sell Lady Kenmore's now, right, you know? Um, but the reason that we had such a miserable January is because those contracts that closed in January 
were written in November and December right. of 2018, and, and you remember what was happening then. It's very slow. It was very <laughs> it was slow, crickets. principally because of mortgage rates. Yeah. Yeah. What's underlying the whole big boom in the DFW real yeah. estate market is that for the last 10 years, we've had the lowest mortgage rates that anybody can really remember. I mean, historically yeah. low. We've been below you know, four for most of it. And when we peaked up into the fours and close to five, as we did at the tail end of 2018, it scared everybody. Oh, yeah. So nobody was writing contracts in November and December. There was nothing to close in January. And that's why the numbers looked absolutely abysmal. Mm-hmm. But then in January, we saw the Fed kind of give a little relief, and we saw mortgage rates go back down. And so your pendings ticked up. February was not a great month. It was down about one point on a year-over-year basis. But through two months of 2019, the housing market was off about 6% from where we'd been. Then came March, and everything caught fire. Once the lower mortgage rates kicked in, Buyers were like, I better take advantage of this while it lasts. Sellers were a little more willing to deal because they wanted to get their money, take their cash before the market went in the other direction. And all of a sudden, we had a full-blown rally. So the way that it ended is after the first two months, which were as bad as anybody can remember, when the dust had settled by the end of 2019, we'd had the new best year in the history of the DFW real estate market. Yeah. Up about a point over wow. 2017 and up a couple of points over 2018. So once again, you know, we can go out for waffles and wave the big <laughs> foam finger and throw the confetti because we're number one. But right. uh, good year for us. Yeah, no, it was, you know, it did, it was slow that beginning and then it picked up and I, th- I thought fourth quarter was really busy. I mean, yeah. it was a busy fourth quarter, which the year before it was a slow in 2018. It was, you know, it was very slow. <laughs> That's just it. It's all yeah. relative. Yeah. When you look at the statistics, you need the context. Yeah. So we were very busy in December and November of 2019 by any measure, but it seemed even more of a thing because November, December, 2018, were so miserably slow. Right. Yeah. But either way, when you add it up, that strong December is what really pushed us over the hump. What's interesting, though, is I talked to a lot of realtors, as you know, right. and, and you and I have talked about yeah. this. It didn't feel like the busiest year in the history of the market. No. But a lot of that tends to deal with your own individual perspective. If you are a listing agent that deals primarily in property, say, over half a million, right. it didn't feel like a busy year. But on the other hand, if you're working with investors or first-time home buyers, and the sandbox you're playing in is mostly those 350 and under properties, it was crazy. Yeah. At times, it was violent. But that's just it. And then geographically is the thing. Dallas County maybe wasn't as robust as we would have liked. Actually, the numbers in Dallas County for last year, down from 2017. But as a function of inventory and price escalation, what has happened is people who couldn't find anything they wanted in Dallas County, and now increasingly Collin County, wound up looking elsewhere. And so as a result, traffic in Denton County, uh, parts of Collin, like Anna Melissa, Van Alstine. Right. Uh, Kaufman and Parker counties was crazy. Oh, yeah. And so it, we just we saw it shift into other areas and at other price points. It didn't maybe look as busy for some of us, but, uh, you know, underneath all of this, it was a very crazy year. Yeah. No, people kind of sprawled out. I mean, I know I was selling something in Forney and the new growth in Forney for that first-time homebuyer and all those people that were looking, that lived in Mesquite and were renting were going to Forney mm-hmm. and because of the school districts out there, you know, better school district, their commute wasn't that bad. It's just a different direction from if they're working downtown, it's a different direction than if we're in the north, you know, the north area. <laughs> you see that. You see people who yeah. want to get out of the uh, 
the condensed sprawl. You know, they want to yeah. get someplace where they've got a little more room to breathe. Yeah. We see that a lot with the people that are moving here from other states. They oh, come definitely. to Texas, they, they have in mind, you know, visions of giant or something. Yes. <laughs> and then they get here and they buy a home in a suburb in Dallas or Plano, and it's not quite what they had in mind. And so a lot of those same people will then go out into the sticks, if you will. Yep. And, you know, that's principally one reason that Denton and, and Kaufman counties have been so crazy. And just to put it in perspective, I think I mentioned this earlier, in December, Kaufman County did 37% better than they had the previous year. Wow. Just that much more going on in Forney, as you point out, is, yep. is really just a part of it. Yep. Oh, definitely. Well, it, it is when you um, go back to you know, people coming here, it's always funny to listen to them. Because um, everyone expects, you know, back to the show Dallas. You know, we have all this land, <laughs> and then well, I'm we like, did. no, we're st- we're st- we're stingy. We have post such stamps, <laughs> and, uh, and so they're like, oh, I want you know all this land, this room around me. I'm like, yeah, that's not realistic. Um, no, not really. Um, <laughs> and actually, when you talk about land and the availability of land, that's one of the things that uh, has hindered a segment of our market. Yeah, we talk principally about the sale of pre-owned homes, but another component in the overall Dallas housing market, new construction. Right. When you look at the number of people that move here on a yearly basis, we added another 130,000 new residents last year. Uh, you know, we're going to add another million between now and the end of the decade. Pretty mm-hmm. clearly, 1.4 million is the most recent projection I'd seen. Oh, wow. These people are coming here from elsewhere. Everybody wants to be here. Most of the people who are here want to stay here, so there are not a lot of houses going on the market. So what do you do? You fill the gap with new construction. The difficulty that you have is that the builders are running into some obstacles, and they face them for years, but they're becoming more acute. First big problem builders face, labor. Yes. They can only pay these guys so much, but you have other industries competing for a lot of those same workers. And when oil was booming, that was a big problem. You could be a framing carpenter here in the Metroplex, or you could go work in the Permian Basin, and everybody chose the latter. But the bottom line, builders have had a hard time hanging on to the labor force they need in order to build. Um, Cost of raw materials. Everything that goes into a house costs the builders more. And then the thing that they're really running into now is just land that's ready to build on. You could take a drive out in the country and you see a field and you think, gosh, wouldn't it be great to put a subdivision here? <laughs> but it's never that simple. No, no it's not. I no. mean, you have to test the soil. I have a friend that that's what he does. You know, he goes to, for the builders and tests all the soil that's out there. There's so much of our process um, to get it um, ready before they actually start. You need the infrastructure. Yeah. you got to have the sewer lines. you got to yep. have electricity. And so... The amount of land that's ready to build on lot inventory is the phrase the builders use. We're kind of heading up against it. And uh, Dr. Gaines, who is the head economist now at the Real Estate Center down at Texas A&M, is saying he thinks that'll be the principal obstacle for builders as they try to expand in 2020. As it was, home builders in Dallas had their best year last year since the recession. They complete, or started, rather, 35,654, I think was the number. Uh, eclipsing the 35,000 new housing starts the previous year. And the projections are that they won't do a whole lot more than that this year, not because they don't want to, but because they just have these these natural impediments. Yeah. Um, the other thing with builders is I think for a while they've been unclear as to their mission. Yeah. They don't build a lot of put new stuff that is affordable for first-time homebuyers or young families. Right. Two years ago, the prospect of a new home in the Metroplex priced at under 250000 uh, cue the laugh track. I mean, that, that thing's extinct. Yeah. A lot of them were building at 350 to 5 and sometimes even more than that. They were targeting boomers that were downsizing but still wanted the amenities. Right. Californians who didn't want to spend $2 million on a home but wanted a nice home. And right. People who wanted green certified. I mean, they were targeting a lot of different markets. 
and good reason for that. I mean, your margins are better when you're building a more expensive home. Right. But now we see the builders are going back to young families, first-time mm-hmm. home buyers, the trade-up buyers, and a lot of the increase in new construction last year and this year is expected to be stuff that'll be priced at under three fifty. So that's a good thing. I think that yeah. helps in a market where affordability is a problem. It is, and I'm seeing that in um, in my searches and everything, and meeting with these builders is some of them are, are redirecting, and they're redirecting and even existing subdivisions. Which then I've had you know some of my clients that live in those existing saying, well, now the builders are building you know a different product than what they were building when you know their house. And I said, well, it's to accommodate. You know, I've got empty nesters that want, they don't want all this two-story. They want a one-story, but they want the three-car garage, and they want, you know, an open floor plan. And they want, they don't want lesser on their quality, but they're also not wanting to spend. I mean, they're using this as a retirement. They want to travel mm-hmm. and, you know, do that, too. So they're not looking to spend, you know, big bucks. And they don't need a lot of space. I mean, they're wanting something under 3,000 square feet. Yeah, so. just less to take care of. Yeah. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have the younger home buyers, the millennials, yeah. and the, the first wave of Generation mm-hmm. Z is actually starting to get active in the, uh, the home purchase market. You know, a lot of them aren't even old enough yet, but that, right. that first wave, we're, we're seeing. Oh, yeah. But interestingly, uh, a survey, 83% of what is designated as Generation Z says they plan to buy a home in the next five years. I can believe that. But what do they want? They don't want the McMansion. I mean, the no. days of the, the McMansion in Collin right. County and Tarrant and the, the suburbs, that's kind of over. They're looking for maybe smaller, more manageable homes, but they like the idea of the master plan community with amenities. Mm-hmm. Um, they want diversity. So some of them are going to try to buy closer into the city, but just as many more will be out in the burbs. But the bottom line, you want to pick a thread through all of what everybody seems to be looking for, and builders are coming to realize they don't need to be building great, big, expensive homes. They can do just fine at a, at a lower price point and focusing on other things. No, yeah, I agree. I mean, I work with a lot of... Um, for some home buyers, and it's always fun to see you know what they are wanting. I have one right now, and their their main objective is they want a good school district. But the biggest thing is they want to be in a area where their commute isn't that big. And so with our traffic and everything, I mean it puts them um, looking at Plano as their ideal because it's you know it's halfway between both of their work points, and they're both of them would have like about a twenty minute commute. But if they go somewhere else. It's a, you know, adds adds that time. (laughs) And you mentioned Plano, and that kind of points out what is maybe the biggest thing holding the market back. Yeah. Lack of inventory anywhere you go, and particularly at the more affordable price points. Plano, desirable market for the reasons that you've cited, but because it's a desirable market, you don't have a lot of people listing and selling in Plano. Right. If you price it right, it'll be gone before it even hits MLS, but in most cases, people are just choosing to stay put. They are. I mean, and I always use the example of my neighborhood, um, even though we moved in about a year ago, everyone around us is pretty much, a lot of them are original owners. Mm-hmm. And they're not moving anytime soon. You know, they like where they live. It's the conveniences. They have everything around there. And so, and yeah, some of them are like, well, I have a big house. I don't really need all this space. But, you know, I like everything that I have around here that I want to stay. You know, they've already made their services. They have you know, they're doctors, they have just their day-to-day, so... You know the girls at the dry cleaner. I mean, yes, you stay where you are, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, but, but that kind of points to the larger dynamic that's maybe the one thing holding our market back. We just don't have a lot that's for sale. And no. so we don't see as many sales as we could if there were, there were more options. But taking that out of the picture, yep. when we look ahead to 2020, there are a lot of reasons to feel positive. 
first, when you talk about the national economy, you have a lot of chowder heads in the national media that have been cheering for a recession for two years, and it, right. it's political for them. But they talk about the national economy as though it's on the brink or though it's faltering, and really nothing could be further from the truth. We aren't seeing the kind of robust growth that I think everybody would prefer, but we've had pretty steady growth of around 2.0 percentage points of GDP yeah. every quarter for the last couple of years, and most economists are expecting it to stay right about there this year. Inflation is still a point below the historical average. We're at about 2.3% in December. Okay. You pay attention to inflation. Because if prices are going up, that's a sign that the economy might be overheating. That's when the Federal Reserve Board adjusts interest rates, and then that affects mortgage rates for the right. average consumer. But right now, inflation's in check. Um, unemployment is at record low levels. Job creation and wage growth are both really steady. And as a result, consumer confidence, which are measured uh, across the nation, is really quite solid. The Texas economy, though, is the real story here. And I know you've talked about it before. I talk about it nonstop. But we're growing faster in the DFW Metroplex than just about anywhere in the country. Yes. It's because of job creation. It's because this is a place people want to be. It's because of better schools. It's because I think the Tex-Mex has a lot to do with yes, it. Yes, I do agree. I love my Tex-Mex. Yeah, absolutely. Good high school football. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to want to be here. And so as people continue to just flock to the Metroplex yeah. in droves, they're going to buy houses. Yep. An awful lot of them are. Or they'll live in apartments until they can find a home. But we have a built-in component of demand here in the Metroplex that very few metropolitan areas can even dream of. And I think that's the thing that's going to fuel the momentum on our housing market for at least the next couple of years. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen two, three years down right. the line. But there seems to be very little prospect for anybody in Washington or Austin doing anything that will derail the momentum of the Texas economy and the job creation machine that it's been. So for realtors and uh, people who are looking to sell, I think the next year looks like it's going to be good. For right. those of you looking to buy, you know, put your boots on. You're going to have to do a little looking. You may not you may not find it the first weekend. Right. Uh, or you may wind up in multiple offers and then go have to move on to the next one. Still a very healthy market, though. Uh, and, you know, the question I get, it's an election year. The market may be topped out. Is this maybe the time to sit on the sidelines? And I would tell people no. I don't right. think we're going to see these interest rates an awful lot longer. Uh, prices don't seem to be heading down anytime soon. Better to get in now and start building wealth, take advantage of what the market offers you. And in three to five years' time, I think you'll be real glad you did. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I agree. I, it's time It's time to make a move. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Always time. Um, well, so... I hope everyone has been very informative um, today with this segment. Um, you've learned what happened in 2019, a little bit of what we have a forecast for 2020. So if you're sitting there on the fence thinking, well, should I buy? Should I sell? Get it's, off the fence. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, thank you so much, Kelly. It's been such a pleasure. And let's do a cheers. To a wonderful 2020. 2020. Right, thank, <laughs> thank you very thank much. You. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Community Cocktails with Kimberly. If you'd like to contact Kimberly with your real estate needs, you can reach her at KimberlyWoodard.ebby.com. Hope you enjoyed our guest this week. Tune in every first and third Wednesday of the month for insights from industry leaders in your DFW area. Remember, don't just love your home, love your community.